This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Well, this morning for our teaching time, we are going to go back to the passage in Romans, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. The first word in this passage is the word, therefore. It's sort of like when, like a legislature will pass a resolution. They'll say, whereas this person did this, whereas this person did this next thing, whereas these people did these other really cool things, therefore we declare that they should be honored or some such thing. What this means is that whatever Paul has said previously He's referring to that and saying, okay, now I've told you all this. Now, therefore, and then he proceeds with his point. Because the first four chapters of the book of Romans are about sin, its consequences, and also justification. And that's justification by faith. And what that means is we have been declared to be legally righteous. We have grace and peace with God, because we have been justified. It's sort of like in a court proceeding, when the verdict is read, and the defendant is declared, what? Guilty. Not guilty. Remember, the defendant is not declared innocent, because we've all done something. But this, in this case, he's declared not guilty, and that's what we get when we are justified by faith. You see, we are now declared righteous so we can stand before Christ on that judgment day. Paul says we all will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We'll stand up there and the Father will look at us and he won't see all of our nasty stuff. What he's going to see is the righteousness of Christ that's been given to us because we've been declared justified. Now, what is the reward? of being declared justified. It means, what does Paul say? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is another important distinction here. The difference between the peace of God and the peace with God. You say, well, what's the difference between that? The peace of God is the peace that He gives. It's the peace that can fill us up when we need that comfort. It's the peace that we have when everything seems like it's going straight down the tubes. But Jesus comes to us and says, peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Therefore, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's the peace of God. You see, what we have now is peace with God. You say, okay, Cool. What does that mean? It means that we are no longer at enmity with God. Because in truthfulness, before we come to Christ, what are we? Enemies of Christ. Exactly. We are enemies of the Lord before we come to Jesus. So there's actually kind of a spiritual war going on. We want to sin, and he keeps saying, I got something better for you than that. We want to mess up. And don't deny it. We all have our little foibles here and there. We want to do this, but he says, don't do that. 
I got something better for you than that. So we have the peace with God. That enmity has been put away and removed. So we are now at peace with God. And the New Testament scholar F.F. Bruce, you've probably never heard of the guy, but he's written a lot of stuff and it's really cool stuff. But he says, the former rebels are not merely forgiven by having their due punishment remitted. They are brought into a place of high favor with God. That's what it means to have peace with God. And we also should have the peace of God living in our hearts, right? How many of you would think you'd do a lot better in life if you had God's peace working in you on a regular basis? I should see a complete show of hands here. That peace comes through Jesus. Jesus went and did everything he needed to do. Born, grew up, lived the perfect life according to the law. He kept the law perfectly. He's the only one who ever has kept the law perfectly. And then he took our penalty for our sin. So we now have his provision, which is that peace with God in our lives. Now, we have more grace by faith. And what does this mean? It says, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We can stand. Paul talks about that when he talks about the full armor of God, that we have all that, and then there we can take our stand and stand firm because we have peace with God and the peace of God. Now, what this also means is that we have standing. Standing is a legal term. So if you're going to file a lawsuit against somebody, you have to be the aggrieved party. Otherwise, you will not have standing to file such a suit. The judge will say, who do you think you are? You don't even know this guy. Get out of here. Case dismissed. But in this case, we have our standing with the Lord. And what that means is we have the opportunity to stand in his presence. We have the opportunity and the blessing to be in his presence. We have the opportunity and the blessing to walk in the victory that only he can give because we now have that standing in grace because he's granted it to us and we now have peace with God and we're declared justified. So we have that standing. We can stand in favor with God. Now, everyone knows what being in favor with someone is, right? Mm -hmm. Sort of like when you were in school, you had the teacher's pet. That person could do no wrong because that was the teacher's favorite. Well, see, we have that now, too, because we've been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and we've been saved. We now have favor with God. We have standing and we are living in his favor. Now, sometimes it may not seem like it, right? Sometimes things get a little tough. Has everyone seen these commercials on TV at late night, you know, on your cable channels, you know, and they're advertising something, but they say, but wait, there's more. You know, and it's seen on TV. You know, there's some displays. Sometimes you'll see them in Walmart or Target where they have the as seen on TV display. And they got all that stuff that some dude is advertising about one o'clock in the morning. But wait, there's more. 
Well, Paul says that here in verse 3. Look at that. He says, not only that, sort of like one of those TV commercials, through Jesus Christ we have peace with God. We also have access to the grace in which we stand. But wait, there's more. We have the hope of sharing in God's glory. We boast in this hope, recognizing that it exists side by side with, and there's that word we really do not like. Anybody see what that next word is that we don't like? Suffering. Suffering. How many people like to suffer? And being honest, let me see a show of hands. How many of you like suffering? Next week I'm going to speak on lying, okay? <laughs> now, suffering. But Paul says we can rejoice in the suffering. And we all go, say what? Rejoice in the suffering? Are you out of your mind? Come on, you admit it. That's what you guys would say if somebody said, hey, you can rejoice in your suffering. You know, you go back, 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 back. Because nobody likes suffering. But Paul says we should rejoice in it. And why? He says, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. You see, if you think about it, this really makes sense. This is precisely the reason why athletes, golfers, tennis players, football players, whatever, have to practice a lot. They have to keep going and going and going until they build up their endurance. And believe me, if you're trying to play some sport, you need endurance. You can't be like a basketball player and give out at the end of the first quarter. Could, would you imagine where the Celtics would be if Jason Tatum wore out his endurance and had to sit down halfway through the second quarter and didn't play the entire half, re, other half of the game? Wouldn't look too good for the Celtics, I know that, but you've got to have that endurance. And endurance produces character. That's integrity. That's having the mind of Christ. And remember, it's better to have character than to be one. We need character. We need to have that character that is like Jesus. Because doesn't it say in the scriptures, in the New Testament, our goal is to try to be like Jesus? So we need that. And we need the character of Christ on us. And look at what Jesus went through. I think you'd call that suffering, wouldn't you? But he already had the endurance part in the bag, too. So we need the character that, that can give. So the harder things get, lift up your hand, say, praise God, even if you don't feel like it, and keep marching. Because you're going to gain the endurance, you're going to have the character, and then after that, when you start seeing Christ's hand working at the things in your life, you will have hope. This doesn't seem to make sense in a way, because we think this hope is kind of subjective, like it's now I'm hopeful, now I'm not, 
Some people see hope in situations where others do not. But exactly, how exactly does character produce hope? Endurance produces proven character. That is the kind of character that has been tested, has gone to the limit, has gone through the fire, and comes out like pure gold. We know the Bible is true because it says that, and we know we can believe it because the Bible is true. However, proven character produces hope. Because what it means is that God has got us through that situation. Our hope is in the truth that we have seen these trials before and we've made it through to the other side before. And guess what? We'll make it through to the other side this time too. We've all experienced some kind of hardship. We've experienced financial need. Amen? We've experienced where we felt sick and we thought we were going to die and was actually hoping to because it was that bad. We've gone through stuff that's really difficult, but he's brought us through. The fact that we're all here in this sanctuary this morning means that whatever situation you've been in, whatever suffering you have endured, there's that endurance again, you've been brought through it. Why? Because... You're here and not somewhere else. Okay? We have, what have we all gone through in order to follow Jesus and obey him? Well, probably some difficult times, right? Has it been difficult to follow Christ? However, all of those sufferings have strengthened your endurance. You may not feel like it, but believe it or not, because you've gone through those things, you've actually had a buildup of endurance in your life. And then you've got character. Well, okay, some of us are actually still characters, but we have the moral character too. And they are now pointing us to the hope that we can know for sure. You can look back and say, God, you never abandoned me. Even when I thought you were not there, you were there. You were with me. And I know that you won't abandon me now. You see, the hope that comes from tested character does not put us to shame. We don't have to be embarrassed about what we've gone through. We don't have to be embarrassed about the place we are in life. Because... We've built that endurance, that character, and now we have that hope that goes with it. As we overcome more and more trials, we prove God's faithfulness even more. And we become more firm in stating, yeah, I did the right thing. I trusted God, and He got me through. And I can personally testify, in my life for the last five months, this is true. Because it has not been a picnic. But I'm still here. Yep, I'm still here. And there's a sense of hope. Wow, I made it through this far. I can keep going because God has not failed me. So, what do we learn this morning? We can have and should rejoice 
in our suffering. It's a character builder that will draw us ever closer to the Lord. The longer we endure, the more character we have, the more hope we have, and then the more we start to look like Jesus. Because when people see us, they should see a reflection of Christ in us, endure the suffering, have that endurance, and let's build that character so we can hope in the Lord this day forward and every day afterwards. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.